Hey everybody, good afternoon. Thank you so much for tuning in this live stream. Uh, I know it takes a couple minutes for some of you guys to get notified. Some of you say you don't get notified at all. So I'm really thankful that you tune into the replay. Uh, but I actually put up a post earlier today and just asked if you guys had any questions. And so we're going to go through some of those questions today. And uh, I will do a podcast tomorrow where I break down some of the things that happened out there in Arizona. If you have any questions, you can put them in the comments and uh, I'll answer those questions as well. But I'm going to answer the ones that are on here um, from some of you. So Paula, you asked, take a little more on the plans and people involved with helping getting an alternative society built and the needs and how we can be a part. So that's a great question. So she wants to know about alternative ecosystems. So I'm going to talk a little bit about alternative ecosystems, what that means. So basically, uh, in a nutshell, um, we've been funding our enemies for a while. I don't know if you guys know that. Many of these woke corporations, um, places like Target and uh, Progressive Insurance, um, Starbucks, they fund uh, Planned Parenthood. They fund a lot of organizations like ActBlue and different things that are literally fighting against us. So when we go and we give them our buy dollars and we, and we vote with our wallet, we are supporting their activism. So what we prefer is, is that companies would not be activist, that they would just basically be neutral. Remember back in the day, you didn't know what like Coca-Cola or you know, one of these companies, you didn't know what political affiliation their CEO had, or, you know, they weren't activists outright. But now you notice a lot of these companies, especially in the last couple of years and during the Trump era, they've really come out and been activists. And we, as a Christian community, especially, should not uh, support them, you know, and, and we have to support local, shop local. Um, you know, there's an organization called Second Vote, which I'm affiliated with, uh, good friends of mine. And second vote, uh, they have on their website, 2ndvote.com, uh, you know, they can, you can score, you know, see the company scores. And that's very important, you know, see what the company scores and how activists they are. So what we're trying to do, uh, and it's a great question, Paula, and I'll have to do a, a full broadcast about this, but we're trying to offer alternatives for Christians, you know, so instead of going to Starbucks, go to a local coffee shop, go to one of these other uh, coffee companies that aren't so activists, that aren't supporting Planned Parenthood and do a little bit of research. And so that we're not, you know, cause I, I go to a lot of different churches and I see a lot of pastors and they walk out with a Starbucks cup and I'm like, Oh, do you guys understand what you're doing? You're supporting a company that literally hates us, that literally funds the enemy. So we want to be more aware. And so the alternative silos or the alternative ecosystem is we want to have, see, we, we, we were way behind on this in, in the Christian world, in the conservative world. And I really believe one of the prophetic words that's been given for 2022, and I agree with this, is, is that there's going to be a wealth transfer from the wicked to the remnant, a wealth transfer from the wicked to the remnant. So I'm believing that in your job, in your business, in your career, uh, you know, even though many people are, are leaving jobs because of the mandates and, you, you know, we've had to deal with some really tough situations this last year, I'm believing that you're going to get a promotion. You're going to get a better job. And I really believe the Lord is saying that too. If you stand firm, if you continue to pray it through, if you trust in the Lord with all your heart, you know, he's going to take care of you. And I believe he's going to open a better door or he's going to give you a vision or some type of entrepreneurial, uh, you know, vision to start your own business. I've seen many people that have, that have come out from these corporations, have started their own companies, and they've been very successful. So that's what we're believing. Uh, but you know, that's what this whole alternative ecosystem is. 
It's, you know, eventually when, when this all gets rolled out, there'll be an alternative for everything. There'll be alternative banks. There'll be alternative cell phones. There'll be alternative insurance. There'll be alternative places to work. Uh, you know, for some of these nurses that have, you know, lost their jobs uh, due to the mandates and all these different things. So we're believing that, you know, we, we, it's taken us a long time in our world, in our community to get active, to fight back, uh, you know, to have some of this strategy and plan. But you know what? It's high time and that time is now and that's what's being worked on behind the scenes and uh, we're going to come out from among them. And so this is a big initiative, especially for 2022. So you'll hear me talk more about this. I don't want to have that be the entire broadcast, uh, but stay tuned. But that's what that means. And thank you, Paula, for that excellent question. Uh, Jacob, you said, if a person keeps dangerous people around them, should we be surprised to find out that person is dangerous too? Yes, uh, you know, there's definitely um, an element. Look, if you're hanging around people that are quote unquote dangerous or people that are drama or people, and I actually posted about this today, uh, you know, it's kind of like that old saying, like, you know, I forget how it goes, but something like first time, you know, shame on me or no, shame on you, second time, shame on me, something like that. But you know what I'm talking about where it's like, you know, don't, don't continue to uh, hang out with people that are obviously dangerous and that are, that are divisive and that are uh, bringing contention in the body of Christ. You know them by their fruits. So that's why the Bible says test the spirits. So, you know, dangerous, there's a lot, a lot of information, you know, that could be considered dangerous. So it's kind of an ambiguous term and we have to be a little bit more specific. Uh, but, you know, if somebody is um, not equally yoked as a friend, if you're hanging out with a friend and that friend is, is getting you in trouble, they're pulling you into drama, uh, there's immaturity around them. You know, my advice is to pull back and to really pray about it and see if you're even meant to be involved in that, in that friendship at all. I've had to do this many times. You know, some, sometimes we're walking in a more uh, mature, above the board place and we're affiliated or associated with somebody that is not willing to uh, walk in that same level of, of relationship with the Lord or depth with the Lord or maturity with the Lord and they can get you in trouble. So that's what that scripture being unequally yoked. It's not just talking about marriage and dating relationships. It's talking about all relationships, friendships. It's talking about business partnerships. You know, we should not be yoked with unbelievers in these very important things, at least to the best of our ability. So I would say, you know, good question. You know, dangerous people around you, I'd, I'd pull back just from a wisdom standpoint. I mean, why would we want to hang around dangerous people? You know, so, uh, but you know, like I said, it's an ambiguous term. So different things could be considered dangerous. So it just depends. I mean, if you're talking danger in the terms of like somebody who's bold and outspoken and, uh, you know, is fighting for our country, I mean, you know, that's a little bit different if you're talking in the terms of somebody who's on drugs or partying or doing foolish things and you're hanging out with them. Yeah, I would separate from that type of relationship. But all of it, you need to take it to prayer. And, uh, you know, the Bible says you know them by their fruit. So very, very important to see the fruit of that person's life. Also, are they willing to be mentored? Are they willing to be, uh, you know, growing in their, in their faith journey? You know, maybe they're just immature, but they want to go deeper in the Lord and then you can mentor them or you can be a part of a blessing in their life. So it's not like you always have to run from them, but you gotta be careful. So, uh, right, yeah, Janet, exactly. Birds of a, a feather flock together. If everybody around you is drama, then I would take a step back and say, okay, you know, 
make a New Year's resolution, uh, you know, to not be a part of that drama because we don't want to be involved in gossip. We don't want to be involved in, in a bunch of drama, but sometimes it's unavoidable. I mean, family members, people that, you know, are in your life and you can't avoid, but do the best and definitely think about the scripture. It says unequally yoked. It's a very important scripture and, uh, you know, in relationships, friendships, business partnerships, it's all pertinent to that. So, um, very good. Okay. I'm going to get to as many on the, on the, uh, comments here, but let me get through the ones on the post real quick. So Robert, you said, uh, why is there so much infighting amongst professing Christians? What's going on with Clay Clark, Lynn Wood, Flynn, and some others? So here's the thing. Um, I'm a pastor. Uh, I, I go where the Lord says go. Um, I know many different people that are in different groups. And, uh, you know, I, you guys just saw me. I was down there with Charlie Kirk at, uh, you know, at the America Fest. Uh, I've been involved in the Reawake America Tour. I've been so many places this last year. I can't even remember them all. And I noticed that there is infighting. And here's my advice on that, okay? Uh, first of all, I think that everybody's watching. The world is watching. Uh, people that are unbelievers are watching, non-believers. And we have to remember that, you know, when you're in the public square having a beef or an argument, many, many, many people are watching and they may not say anything, but they're watching. So as a public person, something that I've learned is be slow to speak, step back and observe the situation and pray about a strategy. And, you know, so I pray and I say, Lord, am I meant to be involved in this tour? Am I meant to be involved in this? And is there fruit? And uh, there, I have been seeing a lot of fruit uh, from some of the things that we've been doing. Uh, I remember the last Reawake America tour, I was out there in, uh, where was it, Dallas. And I had an amazing experience with a few uh, ministers and friends and, uh, you know, with the His Glory team. And we, we saw baptisms and several hundred people getting delivered, healed, set free. So that was my experience. And that, that was my mission. And so to me, that was fruitful. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, yes, uh, you know, go be a part. I can't be responsible for what everybody else is saying. I can't be responsible for what everybody else is doing. I have a lot of friends, a lot of people that I talk to regularly um, that I love and I care about. Uh, they try to pull me in sometimes. Um, you know, I will give pastoral counsel from the word of God. If somebody asks, uh, I'll give my view, my opinion, but I'm careful because I think that the infighting is really divisive. And I think that you know, it's a spirit that's trying to, you know, just cause division in this movement. And we have to be careful because we have to keep focused on the main objective. We are, it's a battle of light versus darkness. And we are in a very um, important, critical juncture in our nation's history and in the world. Because we have many, many people that are in, in other countries. And, and this isn't just the United States. This is to Australia. This is to Austria. This is to Canada. This is to New Zealand. This is to UK. This is to Israel. You know, we're fighting right now for truth. We're standing for truth. It's a battle of light versus darkness. There's a rise in the spirit of Antichrist, and that's what we're seeing around the earth right now. And so biblical Christianity is, is on, you know, is, is being challenged. Biblical Christianity is being challenged. So my suggestion, if you get caught up in this or, you know, first of all, test the spirits again, go to the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit, is this of you? Is this holy? Uh, should I be listening to this stuff? Is this something I should be listening to? Uh, and then, and then, you know, you can just, you know, if the Lord says no, just withdraw. I mean, just don't even read it. Don't even listen to it because honestly, what, what good is it? Right. But you know, uh, another thing about it is that I would highly encourage anybody that's beefing out in public right now. Okay. To go to the person and stop doing it publicly. I would suggest that you do it in a manner that the word of God says, go to the person have the conversation, try to find agreement, 
uh, and try to work it out. If it doesn't work between you and the person, take it to eldership, take it to wise counsel. I'd be happy to moderate. I'd be happy to be involved. Uh, but the thing is, is that that's the way the word of God instructs us to handle differences, especially amongst believers, is to go to the person. If you're not able to find uh, a resolution with the person, then you bring in wise counsel. Usually, that's where it should end. If you have good wise counsel and you got two willing parties, and that's the key, is two willing parties. Because a lot of times people will say they're willing, but they're really not. And they'll say they really want to serve the Lord, or they'll say they really want to follow the Bible, but in reality, they really don't. So the key is two willing vessels. Let's say two believers, and they're, they're having a beef. You know, go to the brother, go to the sister. If that doesn't work, go to wise counsel, get wise counsel involved. It should end there. If it continues, that's where it becomes more of a public affair. And, and you know, some people will, uh, you know, go out and say something publicly. But even then, even if you say something publicly, do it above the line. Do it above board. Maintain your classiness. And remember that there's people watching. And is it going to bring more damage to the movement? Is it going to bring more hurt? Or is it going to, you know, is it edifying? Is it encouraging? Is it helpful for the body of Christ? Or is it harmful? I'm very passionate about this because we're seeing a lot of this. And I think it's a plan of the enemy in this hour to divide us and to keep us uh, distracted while the enemy continues to advance in a very nefarious agenda that will affect us all. So, you know, my advice, go to the person, bring in wise counsel and be a willing vessel and be open to what the Holy Spirit says and open to what the word of God says and it should end there. But this public beefing is not good. And, uh, you know, I don't think that it's good for any of us and I really pray and hope that it stops. And, and so that's my advice on that, okay? Uh, but really good question, really good question. Uh, Glenda, you said, what was the most encouraging word you had during the few days in Arizona and who spoke it? Well, there was so much, uh, but I will tell you, here's what was encouraging. I mean, Lauren Bobert, okay, she's a congresswoman. You know, you wouldn't think of her as like a spiritual leader, but I happened to catch her speech and the name of Jesus was glorified. She was naming the name of Jesus openly, talking about her faith. This is what I'm seeing. And I believe it's part of the greater move of God and revival that's happening in our nation, our world right now is more people are being vocal about their faith openly and mentioning, you know, I don't know if you saw President Trump, uh, but he also mentioned, I think he was down to church there in Dallas or something uh, around that area, but he, he mentioned the name of Jesus, you know, hallelujah. Uh, you know, so there, there's some people that were up there that were saying some very powerful things. I didn't catch every speech, but I, I will tell you my common theme. And of course I was, you know, in the green room and, uh, Sean Foyt was there and, you know, many other believers that were there. Um, so, you know, I, I got to see a lot of encouraging things. Uh, but, but I will tell you the most encouraging thing for me is just how people are open about their relationship with Jesus saying, you know what? He is the only answer. You know, and I'm not saying we don't get active and, you know, we don't have strategy and we talked about alternative silos and all the other things that are happening. But ultimately, I really believe the Lord is waiting on us as a nation to turn back to our first love, Jesus Christ, to have more people vocal. And that's what I'm seeing. It's, it's, a, it's something that the Lord is doing in this revival is that people are, are becoming more vocal about their faith and people are getting saved. The young people were, were, were talking about Jesus. They were laying hands on the sick. Um, you know, I saw, I mean, at, literally in the, in the, so in the area where like all the booths are and, uh, everybody has like, you know, they're selling different things and they're talking about their nonprofits and there's like a bunch of booths in the hall there. You know what I'm talking about? Like the exhibit hall. Um, I walked through and people were laying hands on people. 
I was like, wow, this is amazing. I mean, you know, it wasn't a church event. This is a Charlie Kirk Turning Point USA event. But this is where we're seeing is, is that people are more open about their faith. They're praying openly. They're talking about Jesus. And this is what our nation needs. And that's what encourages me. So I saw it with many different speakers openly talking about their faith. Benny Johnson, I think somebody just mentioned, he also mentioned his faith. Very, very powerful. Uh, and it just went on and on and on. I mean, uh, Charlie Kirk did. So that's encouraging to me, and it should be encouraging to us all, and I'm thankful, and I think the Lord is on the move, and uh, I will tell you many of the discussions that I had behind the scenes, same thing. It was very spiritually focused, and hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, right? All right, let's see what else. Uh, you said, did you see Pastor Arthur is being treated in attempting to not allow him to pick up his mail? Yeah, um, I haven't seen too much about that, Glenda, but that's probably because I've been uh, gone and traveling, and I, I did see some awesome stuff. I'm friends with his brother on Facebook. And of course, Pastor Arthur and I talk once in a while. Uh, and we, you know, the last few communications from him have been very positive. They've been wins. So it seems like, you know, he's just continuing to press ahead in victory, standing on the promise of God, receiving the intercessory prayer from all over the world. And uh, Pastor Arthur, I believe he's going to continue to see breakthrough because he stood. He did not back down. He is not ashamed of the gospel. Uh, he just said, look, I'm going to stand no matter what. And uh, that's what this brother's been doing. And the Lord is giving him victory after victory after victory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Right? So love that. But yeah, I mean, um, that's crazy if they're not letting him pick up his mail. Uh, but it doesn't surprise me because uh, we have a lot of listeners in Canada. And uh, many of you have been writing me about some of the very egregious things that are happening out there in Canada. But we're going to stand with you and we're believing for breakthrough. And uh, I'll tell you, guys like Pastor Arthur are huge in this. We have to stand for truth and righteousness and, you know, buck the system when it comes to tyranny, because, uh, you know, resistance to tyranny is obedience to God. Amen. And we can't, we can't allow these, these tyrannical things to rule us or to, uh, you know, stop us from what God says. The Bible is what, you know, the first thing that I, uh, listen to is the word of God. Do not forsake the assembly together. The brethren lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. That's it. And that, that means don't close the churches and don't allow any tyrannical government to close the churches. It doesn't matter what they say. People say, well, what about Romans 13? Well, it's not, this is not a Romans 13 issue. Uh, th this is more like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, you know, and they didn't bow down to tyranny and, and they, they didn't bow down to idols. So amen for that, right? All right, let's see what else. Uh, Judy, you said, what phone numbers do we use to call the senators you mentioned in a recent video? So I think I was talking about uh, Mansion and Cinema. And uh, what I would suggest you do is just go into a search engine like DuckDuckGo. Um, I can try to put them up uh, later or have somebody put them up. Uh, but the easiest thing is just, uh, you know, contact information, uh, Joe Manchin, you know, and usually they have a congressional or a sen senatorial email or an office that you can call. And uh, it's pretty easy when you have a public official like that, somebody that's a senator or a congressman, they usually have their information where you can call their office or you can email them. And, uh, you know, they're public officials, so you should be able to communicate with somebody in their staff or them. Uh, so that, that would be my suggestion. But we can look into their numbers, and if I find them, I'll, I'll go ahead and put them up. I mean, obviously, I'll find them. So uh, we just got to put them up, okay? Okay, um, let's see. What else? Uh, you said, how do we get people to unite with President Trump again? There are some large platforms criticizing him, criticizing him for getting the jab and the booster. This divide will divide the ticket and make it easier for more fraud. So great, great question. Um, and that was from uh, Kathy. So, you know, I was just talking with the pastor about this this morning. I still support President Trump. 
I think he was a great president. I, I would love to see him president again. We see the very stark difference between uh, Biden in the, in the presidency and President Trump. I mean, night and day. I'm sure you all see that. Um, you know, you're, not, you're never going to agree with anybody on 100% of the things. And that's the truth. And so with the vaccine issue, I don't agree with President Trump. But I will tell you, if President Trump was president, we wouldn't be seeing these forced mandates. We wouldn't be seeing the extreme government overreach. It would be nothing like what we're experiencing right now. So there's a stark difference, even though he is a supporter of the vaccine. Um, you know, we've talked to some people very close to him about this over the course of the last year or so, uh, you know, that we raised our, our you know, opinion on this and they, they're very aware of it. Uh, President Trump seems to like the vaccine. I don't know if it's bad counsel that he's got or whatnot, but, you know, that is one area. But, but you got to look at the whole picture. Uh, you can't let that one thing, and I really believe that he brought out the vaccine in an attempt to end COVID and to reopen the country and to reopen the economy, you know, and, and he, so I really believe that was the intention. And again, he, he would never force us to get it. That wasn't his strategy at all. And so this, this is what we're seeing right now uh, in America is not what President Trump would have done. I mean, just like how President Trump was going was gonna to withdraw from Afghanistan, but he would have done it in a completely different way that wouldn't have left billions of dollars of equipment there and all these people that are in, uh, you know, a very uh, scary situation in Kabul right now that are they're still Americans and, uh, you know, people that have been friendly to us that are stuck. And I was just talking to somebody from Afghanistan. It's a horrible situation. So, you know, he would have withdrawn different, uh, just like with the vaccine, it would have been rolled out different. Everything would have been different. And so there's a stark difference. So, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't get caught up on that. Uh, but the whole thing is this, um, there's a primary process. So during the presidential election, which will happen in 2024, and right now, we, you know, I was just talking to Charlie about this, you know, we really need to be focused on 2022, okay? 2022 is very, very important. We got to take back the House and we got to maintain, this, you know, take back the Senate and all that. So um, it's very, very important that this happens. Uh, but, but I will tell you, um, you know, obviously we still are looking back at 2020 and uh, bringing the election integrity issue to the forefront and there's a lot of things going on, uh, moving parts. A lot of the state legislators have already moved on that. And then uh, other states, there's a continued push for that. Uh, but voter integrity is one of the most important issues in our nation right now. Uh, from a natural standpoint, of course, to me as a pastor, the, the most important issue is the spiritual well-being of our nation and repentance. Uh, but from a political standpoint, uh, it is very important to have voter integrity. And so a lot of people are working on that. It's, it's one of the most you know, hot-button issues right now. And uh, but President Trump, for the most part, is like 99.9% better than Biden. It's not even comparable. So with the primary process, what will happen is if anybody is going to challenge President Trump, because I really believe President Trump is going to run. Uh, but but if somebody challenges him, uh, you know, obviously there's some contenders out there like Ron DeSantis and a few others. And uh, somebody said that maybe uh, some other people are thinking about running. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see how that works out. But the primary process will We'll handle that. So whoever the people are for in the primary process, uh, whoever you know makes it through the primary will be the candidate. And uh, most likely that would be President Trump. And maybe he would have a DeSantis uh, running mate, you know, as a VP. Uh, but I'm sure he's going to pick somebody good, whether it's Christy Nome or him or somebody else. Uh, but, you know, I think it's going to be uh, President Trump. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in the primary. And uh, we have to get behind whoever the candidate is. You know, we have to get behind. I mean, the only other person in my view that could possibly be the candidate would be Ron DeSantis. I, I don't think anybody else uh, has the the following. And, and I, th I think it would be, I, first of all, I'm not even sure that Ron DeSantis would even challenge President Trump. Um, I don't think that he would do that because he has a big future in the party. And uh, why would he do that, you know, and, and cause maybe possible rift or enemies in the party uh, with all the Trump supporters? 
So, you know, not likely for me, but it's a possibility. Uh, but I'm pretty sure President Trump's going to run. And I'm pretty sure he's going to have a pretty solid VP that's not going to be Pence. And um, so we'll have to see how it plays out. But the primary process will will obviously, uh, you know, handle all that, you know. And uh, so we'll see. Okay. Uh, let's see what else here. Somebody said, uh, uh, what's happening with the military lawsuit? So I think you're referring to the lawsuit with regard to the jab. And I think that's still fluid. So I don't think there's anything new. I know there's a couple of cases that are making their way through the system right now. And uh, it's eventually going to get to the Supreme Court. My view is that from a constitutional standpoint, I don't see how a country, uh, especially in the United States with our constitution, could force or mandate a vaccine or mandate that for somebody who you know is employed by a certain corporation. So I've always been under the view that once it gets to the Supreme Court, unless these justices uh, don't rule in accordance to our constitution, and, and maybe they won't because we've had some really disturbing uh, rulings over the last couple of months and uh, things that we probably didn't think would happen with uh, a so-called, you know, conservative leaning court. Uh, but, you know, I don't understand how the justices could, could justify the mandate uh, because, you know, our forefathers believed in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that our rights were given to us by God and not by government. So it would be really hard for me to imagine that they would force American citizens to get that. Uh, and, and I think that this thing with the companies, too, is unconstitutional. I'm sure you agree. Uh, but it's got to work its way through the courts. If you remember, uh, when we were dealing with some of the religious liberty issues, when it came to having the churches open, some of those cases took a year to get to the Supreme Court. And when they did, we won. Um, you remember John MacArthur, um, Che On, you know, some big cases that ended up, you know, being a victory. And that's why you're not hear hearing so much about churches being shut down anymore, because it's already gone to the Supreme Court. So they'd have to get creative uh, to initiate that again. So it takes time to work its way through the system, but I'm hoping that the justices will hold to the constitution and to the rule of law and not be activists on this or, you know, um, insert their own personal views or opinion. And so we got to believe and hope that that's the case. But I think a lot of these cases are still making their way through the court. So we'll have to see, but it's a big issue of prayer. We got to be praying, you know, just like the case, the case with abortion. I really believe Roe v. Wade will be overturned in the name of Jesus, but the church has to get active in this. And I'm not hearing as many pastors and people in the Christian community that I would like to be hearing about, Roe v. Wade. I mean, this is huge. I mean, we've been fighting for this for years and now it's here. So everybody should get on board here. You know, it's, it's literally, if we overturn Roe v. Wade and, and all of a sudden it, it, it goes from federal to state level, I believe a, a substantial amount of judgment will be taken off this nation because no longer will we be federal, federally pushing the murder of the innocent. It will go to the states. And then I believe the states will have to deal with the judgment. But, you know, right now, as a nation, you got to realize there's got, I mean, the Bible says even the rocks cry out. So there, there's got to be, a, you know, some level of judgment that's been brought on our nation for the fact that we're killing the innocent, our most innocent societal members. So we've got to have this overturned. And uh, it's a huge prayer point. You, and it'll be one of the biggest victories of our lifetime if Roe v. Wade is overturned. And I guarantee you things will shift because that's a major spiritual thorn in our side as a nation and as a church and as a, as a community. You know, some churches even say it's fine. Now, how can you ever support abortion and be a practicing Christian? You can't, you know, you can't. I mean, so anybody who's saying that is just off doctrinally. Um, okay, let's go to the next one here. Uh, somebody said, uh, feedback on today's news conference from illegitimate creep in the White House. So they're talking about today's uh, conference. So I haven't studied everything about the press conference, but it appears 
that, uh, you know, I'm have probably do another video on that because I want to be more well read on it. I've been really busy today. I've heard some elements of it, but um, it appears that they're going to continue to push this. What I think the overarching agenda is, if I was in their shoes and I was a, a dishonest person, you know, you would probably try to wait out a little bit more until it gets closer to the midterms and then, you know, make everybody panic that there's some major issues so that they have to have voting uh, more mail-in ballots, if you know what I mean, because that would be their objective is to get people back into mail-in voting for the midterms. So uh, we have to watch this. Uh, but like I said, um, the, 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 you know, the Supreme Court is going to be a big factor in this and how they rule in some of these cases going through the courts. And so that's going to be determinative of what we see going forward. And I'm really praying that we see a breakthrough in this area and that they say it's unconstitutional because I just don't understand how our Supreme Court could mandate that for, for citizens. It's against the Constitution. So it makes no sense. So uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. Uh, let's see here. Somebody said, do I like DeSantis? I do. I do like Ron DeSantis. I think he's a, a solid guy. Uh, you know, he's maybe not as um, bombastic as Trump and that's good and bad. Uh, I think Trump has a, a certain presence to him and uh, some people love it. Some people don't. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's a unique leader and I really believe God raised him up for a time as this. And so I think he's special, uh, you know, but DeSantis is also a powerful man. And, you know, I love what he's done in Florida. I think his leadership has been solid. I would not at all mind voting for him uh, if that would be the candidate. Uh, but, you know, you got to go back to the prophetic, too. You know, many, many, many a prophet that I trust has said that President Trump's going to have two terms. So we don't know how that's going to happen or when that's going to happen. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the prophets have prophesied this. And so um, I trust the prophets. I mean, obviously, there's some false prophets and there's some people that are just saying things to say them. But people that I do trust in the prophetic community have prophesied over and over again that President Trump's going to have a second term. So, you know, many of us thought it was going to be on our timing or, you know, maybe it's going to happen real quick. But, you know, we got to remember it's in God's timing, and uh, he's using this season, as difficult as it is, to wake up many people. Like I say very often, I've never seen more people hungry and thirsting for righteousness and coming to know Jesus and getting in line for prayer. And I mean, it's like, you know, in 20-something years of ministry, I've never seen anything like this. So to me, it's encouraging, and the Lord is using this very difficult time to bring people to him and for his glory. And so, uh, you know, God's got a plan, right? God's got a plan. And so we trust his plan and we got to do our part. And I often refer to the uh, story of the nation of Israel and the people of Israel uh, in 2 Chronicles 20 when God went before them, but he still required the people to stand. And so we've got to stand and take our positions. Amen. Okay, what's, what's next here? Let's see. Uh, she's a blessing to me and many others. And I will always remember your kindness and generosity, Karen, Johnson, Je Karen Jessica. So I'm not really sure what that means, but I'm just reading the comments. So that one, I'm not really sure. Uh, somebody said, all thanks to my expert trader, Karen, who has been consistent and reliable. Yeah, I'm not really sure what that means. So, uh, okay, so that's all the questions on there right now that I'm seeing. There may be some more. Uh, I know there's some on Telegram, but I can't, if I look at Telegram then, so I'm gonna have to answer the questions on Telegram a little bit later. Uh, but here's the thing, I wanna answer your questions if you have any. So Bonnie said, are you going to San Diego to the Reawaken America tour? It's in San Diego. Bonnie, as far as I know, yes. Uh, I have not heard a no from the Holy Spirit. Many people have tried to get me to bow out of this tour for this reason or that. But to me, as a pastor and a revivalist, somebody that loves the Lord, loves seeing what God's doing in our nation, I, I, I can tell you the last several ones, there's been a move of the Spirit. It happened in San Antonio. It happened in Dallas. And my interaction was praying with 
many, many people, seeing many, many people saved and set free and healed and delivered. So for me, uh, I'm probably gonna be there. Yeah, unless, unless the Lord says no, you know. Um, somebody said, Sherry, you said you'll be there. That's awesome. Uh, very, very awesome and awesome. Yeah, thanks for that question, Bonnie. And somebody said Christmas feast, Christmas or feast days. So I'm not really sure what you mean there, but I know there's a lot of people that are worried about Christmas. Um, I was pretty vocal about Halloween this year. Uh, Halloween to me is a little different. Um, it's a demonic thing. It's very blatant. And I mean, look, they're talking about ghosts and ghouls and spirits. And, you know, so to me, you know, I, I personally, and I'm not judging you if you love Halloween or you're somebody that gets involved, you got to take that to the Lord. Okay. Because I know many Christians, I even know pastors that, that are, you know, celebrate Halloween. And that's, that's between you and God. I'm not, I'm not somebody here that judges you for that type of thing. I don't think it's going to keep you from going to heaven. Okay. But I will tell you this, um, Christmas. So people get concerned about the pagan roots and, you know, Christ, Christmas is like a, it's like a conglomeration of a bunch of different things. You got St. Nick, you got some pagan stuff, you got some, you know, old Roman empire stuff, all kind of put together. But here's the thing. It's celebrating the birth of Jesus. Okay. And I know the date's probably not right, but if we as the church just embrace that and say, look, we talk about Jesus, because I will tell you this, you go to department stores, you go around the, you know, around the world and they're, they're this time of year, they play Christian songs and, and you know what? Secular people are listening to Christian music. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, Sean said something like Jehovah's sneaky, you know, where, you know, people are literally listening to worship songs and, uh, and, you know, so, so Christmas is an open door for us. So I don't see it as the same thing. I know, I know some of you get really concerned with the pagan stuff and all that. You know, we, we don't celebrate that. And I know you could say, well, the same thing about Halloween. Well, I said, if you have a harvest festival where you're praising Jesus at your church, I don't really see a problem with that. It's when you get into the whole thing about Halloween, eh, you know, it's just, it's demonic to me. It's dark, but I don't see Christmas the same. Although there are some concerning things about Christmas. If we take it to the core of what, what it is, you know, it's, it's a celebration of Jesus' birth. So just keep that narrative, speak about Jesus' birth, you know, tell the people about Jesus and he's the reason for the season. And uh, to me, I think that's fine. That's my personal opinion. But you take it to the Holy Spirit. You're going to find out about me the way that I lead. And, and, you know, there's certain things that are absolute. And I will just tell you, nope, that's sin. Or, you know, the Bible says this. But there are other things that, you know, you got to go to the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. So you go to God and you ask the Lord, should I be celebrating this or you know, is this wrong or is that wrong? And, and, and you listen to the Holy Spirit. Uh, listen to what the Holy Spirit says. But I think some people right now are also going a little bit far on certain stuff and they're getting caught up in all the weeds of everything. And, it, you know, you got to be careful of that too because there's some people that are just, their minds, they're like in like some whole other thing. Like everybody's a conspiracy. Everybody's deep state. Everybody's Illuminati. And, you know, uh, you got to be careful with that, guys. There's some people on Telegram and people that are out there that, you know, just, try, you know, that's disinformation. They want you to literally be questioning everyone and everything. And they're all deep state. Well, that, that's not going to work. Okay. You got to test the spirits, but, you know, don't focus on all that. God is going to expose people that are, you know, look, if somebody's, you know, some awful person out there and, and God's going to expose it to you, you're going to see with your eye, you're going to have something that tells you, you know, the Bible says it's confirmed the mouth of two more witnesses. So don't go so down the rabbit hole that you forget about, you know, just having fun and enjoying life and make sure that you do, you know, sometimes I just put on some cool music 
And I just kick back and I just enjoy the music. You know, so I can't always be like consumed with, even though we're in a very crazy battle and it's a crazy battle and, you know, probably the craziest battle I've ever seen in my life, but you still got to have fun, enjoy life, spend time with your family, feed your soul. You know what I'm saying? So please, please, please. Okay. All right. Somebody says you never seen my posts. You know, I hear that a lot and I'm sorry about that. And I don't know, you know, you can go to the page and I think you can see them there. Uh, but you know, um, a lot of people are saying it. So, you know, they censor me there. Listen, there's somebody that doesn't like me. I don't know who it is, but they flag all my posts and, um, they make it so that Facebook lowers my distribution on the page. Cause somebody said, well, why, why do you only have 65 people? You know, you used to have several hundred. Well, that's right. I mean, I used to have several million people, uh, you know, cause Facebook allows you to see the number of people that go to your page. You know, now it's like 500,000 or something. So it's literally been cutting maybe half or one third of what it was, but that's because Facebook has lowered the distribution of this page. The good news is you could still go to it and, and see the post if you go to it. So that would be what I encourage you to do is if you remember me, go to the page, you should be able to see the posts um, and you know watch the videos afterhand, but at least you get to see them. And I'm so sorry. I mean, you know, we're in a battle and uh, I try to post on alternative sites like Rumble and you know that's a lot of work, a lot of time to post on all those sites, but we try to do that as well. We put it up on ToddCoconado.com. Sometimes it's a day late, but at least it's up there. We put it on Podbean and all the podcast platforms. So, but yeah, it's a battle, guys. It's a battle. And I ain't going to lie to you. It's a battle. Um, somebody said, I'm going to reawaken Phoenix. That's awesome, Dana. Well, we can't wait to see you there. That would be amazing. I can't wait to see you there. And Sherry, I can't wait to see you in San Diego. And uh, let's see what else here. Uh, I'm going up here because I know I missed some of your comments. Audrey, thank you so much for your prayers. You're a true blessing, true blessing. Uh, somebody said, Mary, you said, if, if we still have the machines, we won't win. Yes and no. Um, I do think that a large portion, and I, I do agree about the machines. I think they're very corrupt. And, you know, that's kind of working its way through the court system as well, some of those things. Uh, but, you know, uh, another major factor that they really used was the late night ballot dumps. I mean, that was a big one. So, you know, if they do the same thing, we'll probably see the same results. Uh, if they don't, um, you know, I think it'll be harder for them to cheat, but you're right. Uh, you know, the machines are very egregious and, you know, there's a lot of people saying a lot of different things about them, but yeah, I hear you. But you know, here's the thing, um, in Georgia, wait, was it Georgia? No, Virginia with the governor's race. Um, you know, some people say the guy's a rhino, but you know what? We saw the mama bears and the papa bears come out and we saw them get involved and people got involved the grassroots, grassroots level. And you got to remember with the election, you know, there's people that, uh, are, are watchers and, you know, poll watchers, and we got to get involved. We got to be poll watchers. We got to, you know, everything. We got to be present. We got to, you know, all these shenanigans that happened in 2020, we got to be out there. We got to be involved. And uh, we can't just not show up because the machines, you know, like people say, you know, well, the machines are messed up, so I'm not even going to vote. Well, if you do that, we're definitely going to lose. So we got to just pray and remember that there are some state legislators that have tightened the voter integrity issues. And so, you know, obviously in the blue states, it's going to be challenging. Uh, but in some of these red states that are run with a, you know, a Republican legislator, they've, they've made some shifts in the voter system. So we got to show up and we got to do our part. You know, there's a large portion. I've been talking about this for many years, way before 2016, for those that know me. There's still a significant amount of Christians and conservatives and, and, and you know, evangelicals that don't vote, that think that Christians are supposed to stay out of politics. Absolutely not. We've got to vote. We've got to, everybody, every Christian, it's a duty. It's a duty for us to vote. And so 
continue to get people uh, registered in your churches. It's going to be a big deal. And, um, you know, we got to vote. Okay. But I understand your concerns about the machines. They're very legitimate and I get it. Uh, but at the same time, we got to vote. Uh, let's see what, any other questions here. Just kind of going down. Boston mayor was heckled. She just ordered terrible things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably what we're going to see in a lot of these blue cities and states, unfortunately. Uh, and I, they are going to get heckled. I mean, honestly, I think it's going to be hard for them to walk the streets. Uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to see, but you know, there, a lot of these people are given to foreign interests and special interests and corruption. And, and so that's where their loyalty is. And so they're, they're not even listening to the people, unfortunately, you know, so very, very challenging and very egregious, but you know, that's the thing. Uh, let's see, did I miss anybody? I'm just going up here. Hallelujah. The Lord Jesus is collecting his children. Amen. He's raising up a remnant. Amen. Raising up a remnant. Uh, speaking in tongues scares me, Sarah, you said, uh, would you please explain? So, um, don't be scared by it. Um, it, it is something that's in the word of God. And, um, you know, there's, there's a corporate tongue, which, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard somebody speak at like a church service, the Holy Spirit's moving and then they give a tongues and there's an interpretation. It's old school Pentecostal. You don't see it much anymore. Uh, but it's very powerful when it happens. There's a, a tongue and an interpretation. So that's a corporate tongue. Uh, there's also people that pray in tongues, and I do. Um, it, it's a spiritual language. And basically what it is, and, and really, again, I, I wouldn't be scared of it. It's biblical, and I could put up some verses on it. Uh, but, but the reason why people do it is so, you know, we have a mind that can only understand so much. And the Bible says his ways are not our ways. So sometimes we don't know how to pray. And when you speak in tongues or you speak in your heavenly language, basically you're praying in the spirit. And so you're praying for things that maybe you not would normally not know how to pray for. And so it's just a, and so there's not, it's not an interpretation with that type of tongue where you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking in your heavenly language. So there's two different kinds of, there's like the corporate tongue where there's an interpretation. And then there's speaking in your, in your heavenly language, your spiritual language, where you don't necessarily know how to pray. Let me give you an example. Somebody I'm praying over has cancer and I'm praying and I'm rebuking cancer and I'm, you know, I'm asking them be healed in the name of Jesus and all that. But then also I may speak in tongues because there may be some elements of my prayer that I necessarily would not pray about, but in the heavenly language, it's covered. So that, that's how it's been explained to me. Some people think it's crazy. Uh, that's fine. Uh, you don't have to speak in tongues, uh, but I think it's important if you, if, you, if you seek God and you go deep and you say, Holy Spirit, give me uh, you know, a spiritual language and let me, I want to walk in the fullness of what you have available. I believe the Lord will give it to you. I do. But again, I don't think it's going to stop you from going to heaven if you don't speak in tongues. There's people I know that don't speak in tongues. I don't think it's going to stop them from going to heaven. Uh, but I think it's just another way to, to go deeper in your prayer life. And, uh, you know, I think that if you, if you seek, you will find. Knock and the door shall be open. You know, deep cries out to deep. If you, if you ask the Lord and you, 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 know, you fast and you pray and you go deeper in the, in the presence of God, I believe he will give you that heavenly language. I do. But again, not, not all people agree on that. So you have to take it to the Holy Spirit. Uh, but it is in the Word of God. Uh, good to see you, Tracy. Uh, let me see what else is on here. Help, Dad95 jabbed. I live in caregiver unjabbed. I am living caregiver unjabbed. What do I do? I'm exposed to, or to get COVID. So Patricia, I would just cover yourself with the blood of Jesus and ask the Lord to protect you. I know there's some people out there that are talking about different things about being around people that have had the jab uh, but I will tell you, I've been around thousands of people all around the country. People have cried on me and hugged me and, you know, all different types of stuff. And the Lord has protected me and I believe he'll protect you the same. Just call upon the name of the Lord 
and ask for a hedge of protection around you and, and plead the blood of Jesus. And I believe the Lord will be with you. Uh, don't, don't live in fear of it. You know, a lot of, a lot of what's going on is, is similar to the flu or the common cold and people are just hyping this thing up. I'm not saying people aren't sick. I'm not saying it's not real. Uh, but I think a lot of, there's a lot of fear out there as well. So, uh, you know, just, just ask the Lord to protect you and, and give you wisdom and discernment and how to navigate that, you know? Uh, hopefully that answers your question there. Good question. Uh, somebody says, I received this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I didn't see you at America Fest. Oh, Dana, you were there. I wish I would have seen you. Uh, well, definitely let me know next time if you're at an event and we'll, we'll definitely connect. Um, hey, Chris, good to see you. Uh, somebody said, what's a good alternative email to Gmail? So Proton Mail is a good one. Proton Mail. Uh, I would highly recommend Proton Mail because it's, uh, it's supposed to be uh, harder to uh, break into and hack and all that. And uh, it's a good alternative. Uh, let's see. What else? Anybody else? I'm going down to the bottom now. Just making sure I didn't miss any questions. Susan, you said, Holy, Holy Spirit people all have gifts. Tongues is only one of them. Good, good uh, comment there, Susan. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, you know, look into and study the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, you know who spoke a lot about that, which is very good at explaining it, was Pastor Jack Hayford. Uh, he, he's kind of old now, and I don't think he speaks anymore, but, you know, he's got some great resources uh, on speaking in tongues. And I actually did a really extensive post on it a while back. It's several months ago. I'd have to find it. Uh, but, you know, that might be a helpful resource for you as well. But, uh, you know, again, don't, don't be like, uh, you know, discouraged if you don't speak in tongues. But if you desire to speak in tongues, ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit. And uh, I believe God will give that, right? Uh, somebody said, uh, Sarah, you said, still working on getting you into my ho hometown. Well, thank you, Sarah. I'd love to come there. It's been probably one of the busiest years. And uh, we're going to make it to every state at some point. Uh, I really believe in 2022, it's going to be a busy year. I'm already uh, talking with many, many people about many, many different things that are in the works. So um, yeah, just stay tuned. But I'm going to be back in, uh, let's see, I'll be in Florida uh, in the beginning of the year uh, for the renewal. I'll be down there. Um, and then I'll be back at the Reawake America Tour in Phoenix uh, on the 15th, I think, of January. And then we'll be in San Diego, be in Oregon, um, we'll be in Ohio in Canton, Ohio coming up. Um, I think I'm going to be going to DC pretty soon. Um, let's see where else, um, I'm going to be back down in South Carolina. So a lot of places. So, uh, stay tuned. I've been traveling quite a bit and, uh, but we'll, we'll definitely make it uh, somewhere near you, uh, pretty soon, hopefully. Um, hallelujah. God willing, right? God willing. Uh, let's see here. Somebody said, Jane, you said praying for you and covering you. Thank you so much. And thank you for the love and uh, thank you for the well wishes and the Merry Christmas and right back at you, right back at you. And Sunday, it's so good to see you guys joining from Colorado Springs. It was so nice to meet you in person and I just enjoyed it. And I know God is doing some amazing things in your life. And I know I read something about some of the things you were doing. Um, so uh, I've been praying for you guys. So just know that, please. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to an update from you. Uh, Bonnie, decree Psalms 91. Amen, amen, amen. Yes, yes. Uh, let's see. Somebody said, how about bringing some revival up to Northeast Pennsylvania? You know, I am hearing a lot of people say we need to go up to the Eastern seaboard and, uh, some of those places up there, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, New York. Um, so we will, we absolutely will. Um, yeah. And so uh, Sherry, you say, can you believe the bills that are coming up in New York in January? Crazy stuff with the vaccine passports, crazy stuff with the, uh, you know, similar to Australia and these quarantine camps and things that people are talking about 
Let's pray none of that goes through. Again, the good thing here in the United States, we have the Constitution. We've got many people that are standing up, pushing back, bringing awareness. And uh, that's what we need people in Australia that have gone through this and just crazy, scary stuff. And, and to see this, you know, and that's what I, my concern has been that they'll bring this to the blue states here in America. And as you pointed out, Sherry, they are. Now they're doing that. So, and, you know, it's just insane. Uh, but we're just believing that it's not going to happen. And, but uh, let's continue to follow the story. And we should get it, you know, if you're, Everybody should be calling these uh, representatives, you know, the state representatives, the state legislators, uh, state senators. You, you got to call these people and you got to tell them you're absolutely against this. And, and look, it doesn't matter. This is not a Democrat or Republican issue. This is a freedom issue. I mean, do you want to be separated from your family if you get COVID? I mean, how, how ridiculous, how insane, right? So you got to uh, get in touch with your, your you know, your representatives and, and let them know, you know. Uh, Kathy said, I was a poll watcher the machine's are online the whole time, not the ballot machine, but the iPads are. Yeah, you know, I know there was a lot of concerns about that and a lot of people pointed that out. You know, it's um, the battle with this whole thing with the election integrity is a huge, huge battle. I've talked to some of the people that are very much involved, um, you know, huge issue and it needs to be rectified and people do not trust the voting systems in America, unfortunately, very, very sad. And uh, we, we've got to be, we've got to do better than this and you know, there, there's been some other alternative systems like the uh, blockchain system that was introduced through the post office, I think, and some other, and I think that got uh, stopped. But, you know, there's got to be ways where, you know, it's much easier to see how you voted, make sure your vote wasn't changed, and, you know, more transparency in this process. Because many, many people do not trust the voting system in America. And, you know, I, I've said this to almost every representative that I've met with, and they understand it, I think. Uh, some of them are fighting, some of them are not. Uh, but it's a really important issue. And it's really the state legislator that is going to be determinative in this area. So uh, we've got to continue to have a loud voice on this, guys. We really do. Um, yeah, Lisi said, that's right. Get involved locally and volunteer to poll watch. Amen. You got it. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of people saying to go up to the eastern seaboard. We're going to have to figure something out about that because I agree. I'd love to see you guys. And I have family in New York and all that. So. Uh, Joyce, she said, happening here in Canada increasingly very fast. Uh, we need a mighty move of God and for the strength as we need uh, to stand for truth and righteousness. You know, the one thing I've seen this last year is there's a lot of amazing people in Canada that are remnant warriors and that, you know, get it. So that's encouraging, uh, but I'm very, very sorry for what's happening up there. And it's a little bit worse than what's happening in America. And uh, we're praying for you. And I know many of our listeners are from Canada and just keep the faith and continue to pray and intercede and fast for breakthrough. And we're believing uh, that God is going to move in Canada. And uh, we're believing for a breakthrough there. And, you know, God uh, is capable of doing anything. Um, you know, and so I think the biggest thing is that we turn uh, from wickedness and, and turn back to Jesus as a church, as a whole, that we get involved, that we get active. You know, churches in Canada, they need to be more vocal. I mean, there's only been certain pastors that have stood up up there. You know, we need more. We need all the pastors, all the Christians to get together. You know, otherwise forget it, you know? I mean, so people have to get involved. And, um, you know, we need to be praying and interceding and, and, and really uh, calling upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved, right? So we've got to call upon the name of the Lord. The faithful, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Susan, you said, how can we rebuke the curses our administration is currently speaking over the unvaxxed? Saying all unvaxxed will be in the hospital. Great, great question. Uh, here's the deal with that. Um, the Bible says what's bound on earth is bound in heaven. What's loosed on earth is loose in heaven. 
There is authority to trample on scorpions and devils. He's given us that authority. He's given that authority to the church because if you remember the scripture that says, I know Peter, I know Paul, but who are you? The reason why the demons know Peter and Paul is because they were walking in a righteous manner and they were uh, given into the Lord, you know, and they were hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And so they had authority in the name of Jesus. When we allow sin to fester in our life and we don't repent in unrepentant sin, then that takes away the authority because the demons know. So you want to be a Peter, you want to be a Paul, you want to walk in the authority in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says he's given us authority to trample on scorpions and devils. And what's bound on earth is bound in heaven. What's loose on earth is loose in heaven. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So we have to declare and decree in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we break the assignment of hell. Let's do that right now. In Jesus' name, we break the assignment of hell. We break the words that were spoken by Biden and, and by this administration. Uh, speaking death and destruction and calamity over the people of God that are unvaccinated and all, all Americans that are unvaccinated, all people in the world that are unvaccinated. We just bind those words and we say, throw them in the sea of forgetfulness, Lord God. Bind the strong man, Lord God. We speak life over America. We speak life over the people of God. We speak life over the citizens here in this country and in Canada and Australia and Israel and the UK and all around the world, Lord God. We speak life, words of life. You say, by your stripes, we are healed, Lord God. You say that the body is the temple of your Holy Spirit. So, Lord God, I pray that you protect us, you watch over us, and that these words, these wicked words, are bound in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we got to walk in that and agree in that. In Jesus' name, we cancel it. Cancel the assignment of hell. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Um, all right. I think I may have answered. Oh, April, hold on. It concerns me how many churches and believers are still complacent and not speaking up and standing firm. Yes, that concerns me greatly. It would be a lot easier for me if more pastors were standing up. It'd be a lot easier because I wouldn't be one of like 20. I'd be one of like hundreds and thousands. So we need more pastors to stand up around the world. Stop worrying about Romans 13. Think about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Think about the scripture that says, do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren. Think of the scripture that says, you know, lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. You know, we've got to understand the times that we're in. We've got to understand the times that we're in, you know, and, and the church has to be the head, not the tail. And so it's, it's, there's not the time to stand, you know, sit in the sideline. This is the time to get in the game and all pastors and all churches and people of God. We've got to understand the urgency of this hour because it's a late hour right now. But the Bible says, occupy until he comes. And it says, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. Hallelujah. So we're, we're believing that. We're, gonna, we're believing for the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the understanding of the Holy Spirit and the unction and the wisdom and the discernment of the Holy Spirit to navigate through this. But the good news is we're not citizens of this world. We're citizens of heaven. We're in it, but we're not of it. And so we're led by the Spirit of the living God. And he is with us even until the end of the age. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Hallelujah. He says, what's been done in darkness will be brought to the light in Jesus' name. What was meant for evil will be turned around for good in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, let's see. Mark, you said, uh, Todd, I saw a post from you the other day about Salvation Army. Uh, can you explain or uh, on that or put up a link? Uh, can I check it out? I've always supported them. So I would like to know uh, about them. So here's uh, what you can do on that, Mark. Go to secondvote2ndvote.com. Secondvote2ndvote.com. It's the number two and, and put in Salvation Army and they will give you a score. Uh, but I was speaking to the founder of Second Vote, uh, Dr. David Black, and he was saying that uh, they are, I think they're funding, uh, you know, some liberal organizations and he was very disturbed by the funding mechanism behind uh, uh, what they're doing at the Salvation Army. And I think also uh, something along the lines of they were saying something about white 
uh, you know, white uh, people that work there needed to like apologize for their racism or they were something like that. So uh, I'll have to look more into that because I'm not super, I don't know exactly, uh, but I know they, they bought into some of the woke stuff and my advice would be go to uh, 2ndvote.com and check it out and uh, read their articles and their newsletter because I think they sent something out about this and they'll have more information on that. I, I wish I knew more. I can't know everything about everything, but I remember when I posted, I had just spoke to uh, the, the CEO of that organization and that's where that came from where he was very disturbed and he also said he's always supported them but this year he didn't and uh, there's a lot of controversy around it. I'm sure there's a lot of people that have written articles about it so you'll be able to see more about what it is that they're doing but great question thank you for asking that uh, really good uh, let's see uh, anybody else all right I think uh, we're good Susan you said thank you pastor stronger when two or more are gathered amen amen I love you I love this remnant community you guys are amazing. I thank you for your prayers. I thank you for everything. You, you guys are what keeps me, you know, <laughs> focused because the warfare is extreme, but we're, we're in this together and, uh, and we're going to win because that's who we are in Jesus Christ. We're winners. We're not victims. We're victorious. We're overcomers and we're going to get through this time and it's going to make us stronger. And so keep focus on the Lord. Keep focus on the Holy Spirit. Don't worry about the, the drama and, you know, what this one's saying or that one's saying. Listen to what the Lord is saying. And that's going to keep you focused. Amen. And that's going to keep you in the presence of God. Spend time in worship. Spend time in the secret place. You know, go deeper in your faith. Uh, you know, get into the word. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. But with faith, you can move the mountain. And so we're, we're believing in big faith because he says the faith of a mustard seed can move the mountain. So imagine what big faith can do. Big faith can do anything because you got God on your side and he's with us, right? And so we're going to win this. I'm very confident about it. Uh, but continue to press ahead in victory and uh, write me if you guys have any questions and uh, we'll have another one of these live streams soon. Thank you so much for tuning in and we love you guys. And if I don't talk to you, I know I will, but if I don't, uh, please have a blessed and wonderful Christmas. And remember, Jesus is the reason. And remember to talk about Jesus with your loved ones and your children and let them know about the God that we serve and what he did for us on the cross of Calvary. Amen? All right, love you guys. Bless you. Have a great, a great rest of the day.